0: Hey, friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create.
1: These ideas come from Rebecca's best selling book, Rhythms of Renewal Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm.
0: Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Rhythms for Life podcast. This is Rebecca and Gabe. He is doing the interview with me, but I'm going to go ahead and do the intro today because it's been a minute. I have not been with you guys for a couple months. Gabe and I decided to take off December, half of December, January, and even this first week of February. As many of you know on social media, Gabe's mom passed away. And literally from Christmas on, she was in the hospital and we were just um tending to her care from a distance with lots of trips back and forth and it was obviously a, a time of of grief and so it was really wonderful that the lord had already providentially told us to take some time off so we're so thankful many of you online have asked when is the podcast coming back? And I said, finally, yes, we are, we are. We have just taken a pause. And I hope it's a reminder for those of you who are running hard and fast that I hope you were able to take a pause. And sometimes at the pause, we don't even want the pause. Um, Like winter is kind of rough and cold and dreary. And we've had lots of snow here in Tennessee. And we're not sure we want winter, but honestly, there's so much happening underground during winter. There is all this life forming that we cannot see. God is in this waiting season. God is still working. And so as much as I want to push against winter, if we did not have winter, we would not— Cherish spring, those new buds of life that are going to come out of the ground here in a couple months. And so I just want to embrace every season. I grew up in Florida where we didn't have seasons, it was always just, you know, everything was kind of moderate and the summer got really hot, but maybe we would put on a sweater in the winter. And when I went to Virginia for college, 18 hours away from home, at 18, I was really excited about the idea of seasons. And every season brings its own sorrows and highs and lows. But winter was one that was the hardest for me to embrace. And still to this day, I can tell you, my blood's a little thinner. I get a little colder than other people. So I've just learned the art of a very warm coat. But I wanted to kick off today because there has been a pause, and I wanted to just reconnect with you here on the podcast, first of all, to tell every one of you how grateful we are for you to come back week after week and listen to the people we have on the show, listen to the conversations that Gabe and I have together. It's just honestly been such a joy these last couple years. It's the first real expression of something that Gabe and I have done together as a couple, kind of outside of what he does and outside of what I do, but just a blending of our personalities and our kind of wiring. But then also just as a couple, I think— It's my joy to do something with my husband that looks like some expression vocationally as well. Of course, we partner in every other area of life at home and raising a family in our community, but it's nice to be able to do this with you guys here too. So I just wanted to thank you for being here. If you are new here or you want to share this with people, please subscribe and leave a review. That actually helps people find it. And it just means a lot to us if you are enjoying it. So we have actually created. At RebeccaLyons.com, a place where you can join our weekly email community, um, get updates, encouragement, advice, but also submit weekly questions for the Rhythms for Life podcast. Gabe has joked me forever that I should do a call-in show. <laughs> I was like, well, we already do a weekly show, so what if we merged the two? And uh, these last couple months that I have been offline, I did still get on Instagram, many of you know, and I would do like, ask me a question. And I would get so flooded with questions that Instagram only gives you 24 hours to answer that question. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh no, the questions are going to go away. I got to hurry. I got To finish. And inevitably, I wouldn't even get through a fraction of those questions. I did it between Christmas and New Year when we were down at the beach for a couple days. I also did it the day after the funeral with Darlene. And a lot of you had questions about that. And I was in an airport for a long layover and answered as many as I could. But honestly, what it did stir in me is that the point of this community for me is to dialogue with you, it is not for me to just talk at you or tell you what I think you want to hear it is very much for me to hear your heart and your needs and how we can be in this thing together. That's been my greatest joy from the beginning as a writer. That's the thing that propelled me back in 2012 when I wrote the first words of my first book for Free Fall to Fly. This has been 10 years in the making of building this community, and I I want to steward it well, and I really want to hear your voice. So— if you just go to rebeccalions.com, there'll be a little banner at the top. Give us your email information, and then any question that you might have for a future podcast, um, go ahead and enter it there. We'll also do more weekly lives where I can address some questions over on Instagram and Facebook. So if you're not following me there, just go at Rebecca Lyons. It's the same as, spelling as my name, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S. Before we kick off with this week's interview, which I'm very excited about, I want to share um, a passage of scripture that the Lord has been using to comfort me these last weeks of grief with my mother-in-law's passing. She struggled with cancer for four years and she was a warrior. But then in the end, she, you know, just had some issues in like had to be hospitalized. And it was, it was a really hard, hard season. And so we we grieve her. But the thing that happened is when we kind of had that those final moments with her, we just asked her, is there anything you want us to know as a family? The kids are gathered. The grandkids are gathered. We're all around, some in the room, some on FaceTime. And she just pulled off <laughs> all the stuff, all the equipment off her face, the things that were helping her breathe and she said stay close to god and in his word and she had to she had to really get through every word and she said because in his word is truth and that will set you free and then she said if you stray if you stray from the word if you stray from god if you stray from that relationship with him she said you will never be free and it's like i know that right i know that i i wrote a book called you are free i understand as a daughter of god what freedom requires. But hearing that be like the summation of her life and her handoff, like her baton passed to us as her kids and grandkids, I thought, that's it. Like, stay close to God and in His Word for there you will find freedom. And so I want to I incorporate scripture a little bit more in the podcast because it is my life source. It is the thing that feeds and fuels me on a daily basis, and we're going to keep having these conversations, but we're going to do this too. And it won't be long, but it's just something where I just think, here's what God's teaching me, and I'd love to see if it ministers to you. So right now, I'm reading through 2 Corinthians. And in the first chapter, in verse 4, it says this, He comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with His comfort through Christ, even when we are weighed down with trouble. It is for our comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you also share in the comfort God gives us. So I read this on 2-2-22. It was about 10 days after Darlene passed away. And I was just thinking about the many times God had comforted me in those 10 days. And then all of a sudden I realized, like, a lot of you had questions on Instagram that week, and you were looking for comfort. You had so many different questions about anxiety or depression or grief or loss or, or COVID and you know just pain, just pain, isolation, all of it. And the Lord, as He was comforting me, was giving me language to comfort you. And I think that's really what the body is about— is that we all get to share in the suffering so that it lifts, so that it feels not so heavy, so that it doesn't feel like we're bearing a burden alone. So I hope that encourages you that He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. So maybe today you'll hear this podcast, you'll take some encouragement. Maybe there's a comfort you'll receive from it that you can give to someone else. Paul says in uh, Galatians 6 that don't use this freedom for ourselves, but use it to serve one another in love. That's, how freedom grows. So I hope that encourages you. Today, on this first one back for 2022, we're interviewing a couple new friends, Summer and Michelle. They're wonderful. They wrote a book called She Works His Way, a practical guide to do what matters most in a get-things-done world. This this is an incredible community on Instagram called She Works His Way. You can go find it there, but listen into our conversation now. Hey, friends. I'm so excited to talk to you about Pine Cove Summer Camps. Joy loves this camp. We trust Pine Cove. They have an incredible college staff and that every child at camp not only hears the gospel, they see it lived out all around them through the college staff and their community. So we're so excited to announce that Pine Cove has over 50 years of experience and they are bringing this Christ-centered, other-focused camp with so much fun to a new overnight youth camp in Georgia serving fourth through eighth graders. So you can start a new summer tradition for your child at Pine Cove. I started overnight sleep camp at fourth grade. I feel like it's a great time to just test those little independent wings and see how that goes. So if you check out pinecove.com slash springs and use the code RHYTHMS250, you'll get $250 off your first time overnight youth camp registration with Pine Cove Springs. Again, go to pinecove.com slash springs. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle and Summer. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, we are so glad that you guys could join us today, and, and I love that you guys create together. We're going to hear more about that, just the way you guys have served together for many years and done so much to help so many people, but mm-hmm. you're on the Rhythms for Life podcast, and I love just starting off by getting into the basics of your own life and your own rhythms. You're both busy. You have a lot going on, but I know rhythms matters to you, so... Tell us a little bit, maybe take turns here of of maybe your favorite way you rest, and then Mm. we'll move to the favorite way you restore, and then we'll keep going through the rhythms.
2: All right, Michelle, don't be mad at me, because you put words to this. This is something that I've done, but these are your (laughs) words, so I'm going to give you full credit for this. But for me, solitude over Mm. sleep. So Mm. there were seasons of life where kids and life was so crazy. And everybody tells you, you need more sleep. You need more sleep. And I would get in bed and it would take me an hour to sometimes three hours to fall asleep. And people would say, oh my goodness, can you not get your brain to shut off? Are you stressed? Do you need to take notes? And I was like, no, I just really love the silence when the world is shut down and I can just, just lay. And that has become a part of my routine. Mm-hmm. I get in bed. I know some people get up early. I get in bed early and then I have solitude before I sleep. And it is
3: such a beautiful thing for me. So, oh, I love that. Yes. And I would have to say Sabbath. So we had a season where my husband, he's a pastor, but he stepped down when our third child was born to help us transition to be a nonprofit for She Works His Way. And that was a season where Sabbath was easier because Sunday for the first time in our marriage wasn't a work day. And when he stepped back into Sunday ministry, I was like, whoa, 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 what just happened? What just happened? What just happened? And so putting Sabbath back into our regular rhythm was a game
1: changer.
0: Oh, I love that. And that was Michelle that was just talking Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to help the listener get acclimated with you guys real quick. Um, I'm I'm Rebecca who is talking, and I'm Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend like you're right here with us having coffee. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk about the restore rhythm. What do you do physically that just kind of helps your body feel energized?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love I, to take walks. So
2: that's a big thing that my husband kind of taught me. He is somebody who when he's working, he needs to take a break every like 15 to 20 minutes. And for me, like I get so annoyed if I'm interrupted with like my own bladder annoys me. I want, I want to be all in focused in the work for as long as possible. And so stopping to take a walk, recenter. And I don't know how to walk without also worshiping. It oh, just beautiful. is a part of that, whatever happens in that moment. So taking a walk is like a really easy way for me to just recenter for the day, refresh, and get refocused on what I was supposed to do. Such I love it. Such a good way to clear my head.
0: Yeah, that's an everyday for me, a hundred percent. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, Michelle, how about
3: you? Mine's the same. Oh, an good. afternoon walk. I eat lunch, get outside, and then come back, and I'm ready for the afternoon.
0: And I think that's a better antidote than that 3 p.m. coffee. Or, so much better, right? It's <laughs> especially in the cold. I I force myself to get out in that winter rhythm around three or four, or even maybe twilight because it gets dark so early where we live. Yes, but it yeah. does go okay. I actually have some wind in my sails for dinner prep, <laughs> which is helpful. Um, on the On the connect and create, just real quick, what is a a connect like relationship thing in your family, your home that you just make sure you pay attention to. For us it's
2: we do Friday lunches. So my girls are adults, well, young adults, 19 and 21. So they're out of the house and my husband and I, we on Fridays meet up with them and do a lunch date and reconnect. And it's amazing. So it's mm. our favorite thing to come back together. And I hope we get to do it forever and ever.
0: Yes. That's I love awesome. that. And that's good advice for people with kids that are out of the home, having that rhythm mm-hmm. that they know that you guys are going to be checking in and it's, you're not waiting yes. for something fancy. It's like, let's just meet for lunch. Oh, yeah. um, yes. Michelle, what about you?
3: I put my phone in another room as often as possible. Yes. yes So that that way, whoever I'm with, I can actually be with and not be distracted by who's not in the room.
0: Yeah. I love (laughs) it. And then create, you guys wrote a book together. So you have Mm -hmm. figured out the art of create and the rhythm of creating, but what is just one real quick rhythm that just energizes you as a hobby, perhaps something even outside of your vocational work, um, that is creative. Mm -hmm.
2: I redesign houses, and I do it in my head, and I do it in my sleep. (laughs) And so, if I have a friend having a baby, I'll volunteer to go and design the nursery. But can you make things beautiful? Oh (laughs) my goodness! I would love to. Oh, I would love awesome. to. It is
0: my favorite thing. You are that. That's the favorite friend, right? I did that when we lived yes. in Georgia, and I would um, go to friends' houses. I made sure I, that they asked for my opinion, but sometimes I was like, hey, you know, if you just hung that over here, just like another <laughs> foot, it would actually make a big Same. difference. Yeah. So yes. I had to make sure that people are, it's not solicited, that people are um, or unsolicited, that <laughs> people are actually asking for my advice.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually people just run to the garage and grab me a hammer. I'm like, I know awesome. <laughs> They trust you. Let's do
3: this. <laughs> Michelle, what about you? I love to journal. I yeah. always say that I think somehow my brain is better connected to my hand than it is to my mouth. <laughs> and so, if I really want to know how I'm feeling about something or to process through something, pen and paper does it for me.
0: Yeah, same. Well, this was fun. I Gabe just got to listen in basically. Oh, what do you think, fun. Gabe? Listen. I, I
1: love hearing your rhythms. Um walking seems to be a big theme around Journaling. here. Journaling. I taught oh, Rebecca how to walk team. as well. So <laughs> I know you mentioned your husband taught you how to walk. Yeah, so I,
0: he was definitely the one who was awesome. like, just step outside. Yep. Um, yep. The legs, use your actual legs. But listen, <laughs> It'll
1: I, I want to hear a little more about what you guys created together. It's called She Works His Way. This is your organization. And I want you to describe a little bit. Of why did you feel like there was a need to start speaking to this uh, specific posture and a way in which maybe women should approach the way they look at work?
2: Mm. Well, years ago – we met at 5 a.m. <laughs> in a Google Hangout. Do you guys remember that? Google Hangout, oh, yeah. old school Zoom, right? In Google Hangout, we met for discipleship with two of our dear friends. So it was Michelle, myself, and two of our friends. Three of us happened to be pastor's wife, and we were all working women. And we kind of came to this discipleship time. And Michelle really sort of headed it up at the beginning, um, kind of threw out some things for conversation. And before you knew it, we were all just sharing the big struggles that we were walking through as working women who love Jesus. And it was at the same time that I believe There were so many opportunities for women to be working online, and so the self-help books were everywhere. The personal development opportunities were everywhere. We were going to conferences, and we were hearing these messages, and they weren't bad. Like, there was nothing they were telling us that was bad. It just was conflicting with something inside of us, so there was a tension. And what we found out with our friends was that when we were able to say the things out loud and then combat them with the truth of God, Mm -hmm. we realized what it was, is that we had one foot in the world of the working woman and one foot in the world of I'm God's child. And it was really hard to reconcile the two. And so through that conversation, we realized it was all about order. And she works his way, came about. And then I'll let Michelle take it from here. <laughs> we bullied her into creating an Instagram account. And it was so it was so beautiful, though. the women that came in that moment, who were so hungry for the message of um just the truth that God being first in everything orders then everything else, mm-hmm. it was just
0: huge. So that's where that's where it started. Oh, that's yep. beautiful. And women so-
3: were hungry for the conversation.
0: Oh yeah. And it's partly because again it's 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 replacing striving for belovedness. And I think the culture of feminism is almost about this uh, the cultural lens of it is is that this is about proving something and kind of becoming through hustle or striving this equality with men versus just going hey we are sons and daughters that are beloved how did this this work for the four of you when you first started was this like a weekly thing or did you go through scripture what was the format i'm just so curious of how the, the genesis of these kind of things honestly
3: i don't know that there was a format that we followed every week we start we started in scripture always of what does God's word say? And then we just kind of talked through the tension that we felt. We were really honest with each other about what we were struggling with and what we needed to be held accountable for. And honestly, the things that we heard echoed in one another were so similar. Even though we were working in different industries, we started realizing that if these are the tensions we feel. These are probably things that other women are struggling with, but they're not putting words to or they're not talking about. And I think that was why women gravitated to the conversation so quickly is because it was a dialogue they'd been having with the Holy Spirit in their own mm-hmm. hearts. And finally it was audible. It was something that they could conversate with other women about. It almost we we gave each other permission to say, hey, listen, some of these I know that it's a lie. I know that it's a twisted truth. I know it's a half truth, but culture makes it sound good. They dress it up so well. Why am I wrestling with this? Why is God's truth not enough for me? What do I need to work through to grow in my relationship with Christ so that those things no longer have a hold on me? Like though it was very very real and it was very raw.
1: Can you give uh-huh. us some examples of where she works culture's way? You know, like what what are some of those uh-huh. half truths that a lot of people listening to this They're hearing, they're bombarded with everyday women are feeling the pressure to meet up to some certain standard. And then when you put it through your filter of she works his way, how how does it change?
2: I think one of the big ones, we have a chapter in the book that is success- is obedience to God. So I think so many times people define success by a title or a paycheck or wherever your kids rank in academics or sports, however your family's home looks, things like that. All the things the world shows us are the examples of, wow, that that must be a successful individual. When God's Word just tells us our obedience to Him is what is actual success. And when we are able to understand that, then we can seek him first, then we can seek to obey him first and understand that in our obedience, we will find the success that actually matters and more than anything the success that actually fulfills us, that we are content when because we're walking around so dissatisfied and it's because we're trying to do everything the world's telling us to do and it's just not it's not scratching that itch. It's just not working because we're also, we're a soul, we're a child of Christ, and we have this deep purpose rooted inside of us that if we don't step into, we are going to be unsatisfied. So it's Mm -hmm. almost, I don't think people really don't know this. I think they need permission to say, hey, listen, you don't have to follow these rules. You don't have to follow the world's ways. And it's not a do this and then add a little bit of God to it. It's just follow God, and all of the other things will be what they're supposed to be.
0: I love mm-hmm. that. Michelle, you wrote a chapter about serving before leading, and you had a mm-hmm. friend that influenced that for you and put that into practice. Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind sharing that with us? And then how did that impact you? And, and give talk to the listener about that concept of serving before leading.
3: Yes. So I had my friend Stuart come and speak at a women's retreat that I was doing. There were about 30 of us who were there. Summer was one of them. And he came and he poured into us. And I mean, we could not take notes fast enough. It was so life-giving to hear from a pastor about the role that we could have as missionaries in the marketplace. And when he left, he texted me and he asked me if he could have the mailing addresses of all of the women who attended because he wanted to write them a thank you note to thank them for coming. Wow. And I was like, hang on a second. You just poured into us. We need to be thanking you. And he just wanted to continue serving. And so Really, this concept was illuminated to me in the Bible when I was reading in Matthew 23, and it's probably some of Jesus's harshest words that he gave to the Pharisees. But he said, do not be called leaders, for there's one who is your leader, and that is Christ. And he goes on to say, don't be called teachers, for you have one teacher, and it is Christ. And he didn't say, just so you don't have to wrestle with it for as long as I did, he didn't say, don't lead. And he didn't say don't teach. What he was telling them is don't need the title. right? Like do the work. That's where the blessing is. That's where the fruit comes.
0: Yeah. And that is kind of a lie I think that we hear from culture is that your title um, gives you the worth or the credibility. Is that conversations that came up as you wrote this book of like the position itself is what we esteem toward versus just the what God already calls us, (laughs) the title He gives us. Yes,
2: yes. So, so often that is the thing that we keep coming back to. And it's because we do it to each other. We celebrate so many things. Um, You think about at church— you bring up the missionary who's getting ready to go and do the work of the Lord in another country, and you pray for them. You pray for the team that's going. You commission them out. But as women going into the marketplace, as men going into the marketplace, we forget to pray for each other as we send each other out into our actual calling. So, so many times we elevate titles and labels, and we forget to name our calling, to put a name to it, to understand just the general calling that scripture gives us, to love God and love others and to go and make disciples. Those are the greatest callings that anyone could ever have. And if we step into those and run towards them, you're going to see huge and mighty things happen for the kingdom and in your own life. But we forget, we feel like we need a title also in in addition Mm -hmm. to that. And so if we just looked at the calling as the thing that is so beautiful and remarkable, we would probably be able to understand our identity a little bit better and be less conflicted in moving through life and living in a culture that's telling us otherwise.
1: As you know, with Rhythms of Renewal, one of the most important rhythms we begin with is rest, and rest is the moment we get to spend time with God. It's the place where we recenter our priorities and recognize who we are, and that's why we love the Abide Bible. Too often, we open our Bibles only to feel distracted or confused, and sometimes overwhelmed, if we're even opening our Bibles at all. The Abide Bible is designed to help you truly connect with God's Word by giving you guided practices to experience, understand, and apply scripture in powerful ways. Whether it's journaling or praying scripture, contemplating a theme or promise, engaging with God through art, or picturing yourself in the biblical moment, the Abide Bible invites you to experience what it means to abide in Christ. Check out the Abide Bible at StartAbide.com. Could you define, I know as the book approaches Mm -hmm. this topic and your ministry does as well, but the idea of working women and what does that even mean today? Because obviously... That takes on so many different roles. Some you're getting paid for, some you're not. Like what? Right. What? What for you guys does that mean? Is it the career woman, or is it the woman that's maybe not getting paid, but man, spending hours cultivating, mm-hmm. creating, life, homeschooling, whatever it might be?
3: Yes to all. Mm-hmm. Yes to all. I think uh, we redefined work as anything a believer submits to God for Him to use for His glory and the good of others. And so that can be done in the marketplace, that can be done in a part-time role, that can be done in the secular business world, that can be done in traditional ministry, part-time, full-time, you name it. As long as you're saying, I am putting forth effort and I want what I'm doing and how I'm spending my time to count for the kingdom, that is working His way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Do you mind saying that one one more time for the listeners? Yes. Work is anything a believer does that sh- submits to God for him to use for his glory and the good of others.
0: I love it. I love it. And that that's really what about, you just said earlier, um, Summers, that success is obedience to God, right? Like truly, that is something that you talk about in the book when you talk about... Um, putting these relationships before the achievement and that relationship begins with God like what does obedience look like to God and and then I would like to talk a little bit about relationships and achievements I have felt this tension personally throughout the years I I think sometimes when my work looked like public or outside of the home all of a sudden that became a focus and sometimes the relationships that were closest to me suffered and then when I kind of go all right I need to pre- press the brakes over here because I know that if we're going after achievement and the relationships suffer we burn out quickly so then I'm going back to going all right I'm just gonna quit everything and just like just do a bunch of coffee dates and play dates with joy and 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 I, I probably you know tend to want to like go to one side or the other and that's not a picture of health I understand mm-hmm. that. But I I do find that sometimes it is hard for women to turn off the, like, let's just hang or let's get something done. And how have you guys navigated that in your community, your online community, your Instagram, like all the things that you are responsible to steward, the organization itself, your families, how do you do that well? How do you marry the tension of really cultivating friendships with zero outcome other than just like, I love you and I just want to hang out with you and like let's just stay in our PJs today and make cookies <laughs> versus like we got to get to the office. We've got a lot of things that are that are due, there's deadlines. This is the tension women feel and they feel like often they're failing on both ends.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So one thing that we like to do at She works his way is simplify as much as we can. And that's partly because we see that modeled for us in scripture, right? But the other thing is we know ourselves and we as humans complicate everything. It's like we can't help it, we complicate everything. So the verse that we come back to over and over, and you're gonna notice the theme that we keep talking about here, but Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So that means all of these things as in career and all of the things that you think about, but also relationships, friendships, family relationships, all of that. I think when we overthink it, we end up overdoing it. Mm -hmm. And what God wants us to do is just submit to His way and to be available. And that is one thing that is huge for me. That's one thing I truly strive to do is just to be available. And that doesn't mean that I open my schedule wide. I mean, we stay busy around here but I'm available to stop if I need to. And I really do just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to nudge me and prompt me when there's a time that I just need to pull back from whatever I'm doing. The cool thing is that whatever you're doing can be interrupted if it's the Holy Spirit's choice to interrupt it. So you don't have to feel guilty. You Mm -hmm. can just sit in the moment and go, I can get to what I need to get to. I think the other thing is... (laughs) This sounds terrible, but it's like my theme for 2022. Um, I just said, lower your expectations. <laughs> I had to tell myself that. And I really have done that with people, with myself. And it's not for me to be passive or lazy. It's for me to be surrendered. Yes. Looking surrendered Say that means... Say <laughs> <laughs> yes. truly just means I let everybody off the hook and I let myself off the hook. And I try to Galatians 5.16... It, which is just means I'm going to stay in step with the spirit. And as I stay in step with the spirit, then everything's going to be okay. My husband was talking to our 21 year old last week. We're having coffee, and he looked at her. She is just trying to do it all. I mean, she is a go getter, so driven, and she was stressed out. And he looked at her and he said, Kennedy, do you know that it's okay for you to just exist? And she was like, That's really frustrating to hear, but tell me more. <laughs> and then he just explained, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can just exist. And so I. I feel like that plays into the relationships. We don't have to force it, and we don't have to pull away from it. We don't have to worry about putting up boundaries. We don't have to worry about mm-hmm. scheduling out everything if we're just surrendered to every day, to listening to God and hearing the prompts from the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's
0: so good. It's so good. Uh, we have a 21-year-old as well and 19 oh, cool. and uh, 16. In fact, our 16-year-old's name is Kennedy, so I'm like, oh, a little overlap there, which is really fun. <gasps> yeah. Uh, we also have an 8-year-old, so we're all over the map, but— uh, <laughs> God bless you. Well, you know, one day at a time. That's that's where, when you just said something, I learned to embrace my limitations or something to that lines. Yeah. Um, yes. That has been my mantra <laughs> over the yes. last few, um, probably the last, we brought her home from China three years ago. She has a Down syndrome diagnosis and my oldest at 21 does as well. So we've kind of like this family that just has very unique dynamics that needs to work around that. And if, if a day like today is there's ice on the road and they're with us in the office and they just come in and interact interrupt the podcast so Gabe needs to help him. Like I'm just going to finish this out and I'm, we're going to end strong. I love it. But it, I but love that it. is I, so what I kept telling friends was like my my mantra. <laughs> I don't know if this is good or bad is like I'm 50% of what I used to be as far as capacity goes. And I am really <laughs> proud of this. I'm actually very proud of this. Um, because there is such a surrender and like letting things go and what it, I am finding and maybe you're finding this as well. I'm sure you are. Is that because I'm not trying so much to do so much, um, the things that I am saying yes to are led and prompted by the Spirit and have fruit. They just actually yes, bear yes. fruit in a way that I might have been working twice as hard, but the the results might look greater, quote unquote. The fruit might look more full um, if if I'm just doing what the Lord is inviting me to do in that quiet. Stillness, and I think that's what I'm hearing from you. Posture, amen. amen. The posture yes. of abiding and remaining. We can't remain if we're still like I got to rush. I got to rush right. and do these things. I think we come to God, and I've found this a lot for us as women. We come to God and we get that fix, and we give it. We double down. Maybe we give it a half a day, but then like three months go by, and we realize, oh, I didn't remain. And it's in first John four where it says the remaining is how you know God's love. And you're you're not governed by fear, which is attached to punishment, but you're you're governed by just the love and knowing his love. And then, you know, in, in Ephesians at three, it says you have power when you come to know his love, the height, the depth, the breadth, the width. So all of a sudden you're saying, like, I'm doing less capacity, but there's a power founded by a love because I remained. Does that make right. sense? Yes. Oh my goodness, that's so good. I need to listen to it six more times.
2: <laughs> well,
0: so good. Well, I'm. I'm just. I love this conversation because I. I love your your posture and your tone, um, because truly, when God, when our activity ends, and Andrew Murray, it says His activity begins, and it really, truly is this going like God's going. Do you want to do this, or do you want to let me actually lead you? into all the days that were written and planned before one of them began, right? Right. Um, Gabe just came back in for a second, and I want to hear his his deep, handsome voice. But um, we're going to talk about marriage for one second, because you, you do address this in the book. And you talk about that sometimes um, when we think about prioritizing the home as working women, we drift towards our roles as mothers first. Um, how do we make sure we include our husbands in the home category? I have learned this because it's just out of survival. But um, Gabe, what are your thoughts on that?
1: On how to include me in the home category, <laughs> I mean, you leave stacks of dishes like really high. The laundry starts to pile up. I start to realize I've got to do some things around yeah, he's here. Like, this well, place I've is included gonna.
0: you because it's still staring at you, yeah. right? but but no, That's I amazing. think I
1: mean, I think for so many husbands, like it's intimidating to think about how they're partnering at home sometimes. It's and I'm thinking a little more about the duties, not necessarily about parenting. But I think it's really important when we're having this conversation about work that husbands are giving their wives the space to explore the things they've been created to do and realizing that, you know, we got to get rid of this stereotypical gender role idea that we don't all have to do some work at home. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. to be done that if you want your spouse to have the opportunity to flourish, we're going to all have to work together and have a lot of teamwork on this. And there's really no job or duty that isn't possible. For either spouse to do and so i think that's how rebecca and i have approached it but i think your approach and how you guys are talking about it is is important because sometimes i think for women they don't know how to approach the conversation with their husband when they start to realize god's got something more for them to be doing uh, apart from some of those duties at home and so i'm curious how you guys would advise women listening to kind of broach this conversation, which can create a little bit of tension sometimes.
3: Right. Because nobody likes change, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think the biggest way is to, number one, talk to God about it before you try to talk to your husband about it. And let the Holy Spirit guide your words and guide your thought processes. But then have an honest conversation with your spouse, assuming the best, remembering how much he loves you. He may not love you Perfectly, because we're not capable of loving perfectly, but he loves you. He wants the best for you. And I am married to, I always say I'm married to a realist, which really sometimes just comes across like a dream crusher. But (laughs) truthfully, it has been such protection over me because I do have so many ideas. And now, even looking back, when I think about some of the conversations that I would have with James, He wasn't always excited the way that I was, but that wasn't him crushing my dreams. That was him loving me and being the person that God put alongside me to cover my blind spots and to help me think for things differently. And so just remember that even if he challenges you or he asks more questions, that doesn't mean he's not supporting you. And see
0: the differences that he brings as a strength, rather than seeing them as a hindrance. Absolutely, I think that's a great way to end. I would, I would, I would add that when Gabe and I really started to recognize one another's strengths, um, I, I go to the passage about mutual submission to one another. You know, under that covering of Christ, uh, that that really does allow us to go. Yes, Gabe, you actually have a lot. You know, better sense of you know time management than I do. I might have a little better sense of like where the holes are and like what our kids are navigating and we need to kind of get some systems in place. And just like owning that, owning like this is effortless for you over here and this over here is kind of effortless for me. Let's let's put these things together and not use them against one another, but leverage them because what one man can do for 10, two can do for a hundred. You know, it's yes, 10 right. times, 10X what one can do. And when we actually harness one another's strengths inside the home, outside the home, all of a sudden, whatever we're putting our hands to has greater impact. And so I just want to encourage whatever listener, whatever woman is here today that says, I feel like I'm kind of in my lane and he's in his lane. I I challenge and encourage you to have those conversations about how do we overlap more? How do we integrate what we do more so that the kingdom can be furthered without a ton more work? (laughs) Yes. That's my goal. Yes. Uh, Well, guys, thank you so much for being on today. I'm so excited about your Instagram community. If you guys don't follow them, it's She Works His Way. Go to that. Their new book, She Works His Way, a practical guide for doing what matters most in a get things done world. If that's not a subtitle, I don't know a better one. (laughs) Um, So just run to grab this book. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. And we are cheering you on. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a fun conversation. I hope it encouraged you. I hope you took some comfort in some things that you need some reassurance in. You are doing a great work. Before we go, grab their book. It just came out in January. Also go to rebeccalliance.com. Sign up for our weekly community and submit your questions. Each week on the podcast going forward, I will answer several questions. So I can't wait to see you next week.